God bless our precious sister for helping us in the booth today. Praise God. Colossians chapter 3. If you give me a minute, I'll get there. Praise God. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start reading in verse 1. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them, but now, everybody say, but now, ye are also put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, Blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man. It's a choice, isn't it? Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And I wanted to go back to verse 12. And verse 12 says, Put down on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. And in the Amplified Bible, uh, that same verse says this, Clothe yourselves therefore as God's own chosen ones, And in parentheses, it says his own picked representative. His own picked. He picked you. His own picked representatives. Who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways and patience, which is tireless, and long-suffering, and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. 
Father, we love you today. We thank you for your anointed word. We thank you for this anointed message. We thank you for leading and guiding and directing each one of us to this house today. We thank you for leading me and guiding me and directing me to speak the word that you've given for this group of people today, that your word would be spoken and that would go out and minister and perform that which you have sent it to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And you can be seated in Jesus' name. So, the title of my message is Hand Picked. Hand Picked. I often find it almost funny when I see on the side of the road a a pickup truck and it says, it's got a great big homemade sign that says, Hand Picked Peaches. Right? Or Hand Picked Tomatoes. Or Hand Picked Corn. Right? And I've, I've seen that stuff all my life. And it was just like the other day I went, well, duh. It's all hand-picked, pretty much. I don't know if there's any machinery. If the machinery picks it, they're not going to bother putting it in the back of a pickup truck and selling it on the street corner. That's, that's something they're sending off to somewhere else when they use a combine or whatever to get it out of the field. But if they're bringing it to the street corner in their pickup truck, they went out and hand-picked it. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, it's hand-picked, but that's the whole selling point. These are fresh. These are hand-picked, right? And, like, that's special. Like the ones in the grocery store aren't hand-picked. <laughs> oh, don't go to the grocery store and buy your peaches. Buy them right here because these are hand-picked. Like, those aren't, right? So I, that sounds funny, but when, when you look at that in, in terms of God didn't just save us as a unit he didn't just just scoop up a bunch of people and say okay i'm going to save you he is personal he saved and he is desirous to save each and every individual in the city of lacrosse 51 plus thousand people plus all the college students that show up here in, in fall and spring right he he desires to save every single one of those individuals personally he wants to handpick them, and he's already got a plan for their life. They just don't know it. They don't realize it. They haven't come to the realization that they are choosing a life that is not what their destiny is supposed to be. And I was thinking about this because he did handpick us. As the, as the, as the scripture said in the Amplified, Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own hand-picked representative. He didn't just hand-pick us to be in the body and just be members of a church congregation. He hand-picked us for a purpose, for a reason. Just like a, I'm going to go back to the sports, just like a, a NFL team or an NBA team, they go out and have a thing called a draft, Right? And what is a draft? They handpick. We want that guy for our quarterback. We want that guy for our linebacker. We want that guy for our running back, right? And they, they handpick these people because of their talent and their ability. And God didn't handpick us because of the talents and abilities that we just have because we are who we are. He gave us those talents. He gave us those abilities. He already knows 
what we're capable of. Right? And so people that, that aren't serving God, that like myself, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up serving God. And, and when, when the Lord found me, I was in the military. But before that, I was not in the military. And I was still kind of searching and struggling. And I was doing some things in the world that I probably shouldn't have been doing. Some illegal things. I'm not going to specify, but you can use your own imagination. But I wasn't born doing those things. Right? Nobody was. Now, I know there's children that are born of, like, crack babies and stuff like that. They're, so technically you could say they're born doing drugs, but none of us were born doing those things that we were doing. Why were we doing them? We made a choice. I made a choice to, to let somebody influence me to start smoking cigarettes. I made a choice. I, I could have just said no. But I didn't. I made that choice to do that. I made that choice to smoke that first joint. I made that choice. I wasn't born doing that. And even then in my life, God had already handpicked me for something very specific and very unique to do in His kingdom. But was I following that? No. And so through circumstances and situation, God directed my path and caused me even in my ignorance and my, my stupidity of doing those things, God still used that circumstance of a, of a woman in a bar to invite me to a church, a backslidden preacher's daughter. Tell me that God doesn't know what he's doing. He handpicked us. And he's going to try. I, this is just me, okay? I, I believe he's going to try everything he can to try to draw you in. But he's got, you've got to respond to that, right? And so little did I know what I was doing when I said, oh, sure, I'll go to church with you. Because my motivation was not to go to church and to get close to Jesus, right? My motivation was because of the girl. I didn't, it, sure, I'll go to church with you. As long as I can be with you, I'll go wherever you want me to go. That, that was my motivation. But, you know, God took that motivation and he used it for his glory. First time I ever stepped foot in that building was a Friday night prayer meeting. And they had a prayer line. And I made, would have said then, a mistake of getting in that prayer line. <laughs> But everybody got up and got in the prayer line, and I was the last guy sitting in the, in the congregation, and I wasn't about to be the only guy sitting there. So, you know, I, whatever, I'll get in your prayer line. Well, the next thing I know, I'm, it's two people away from being my turn. So it's like, oh, all of a sudden i got to think of something. Oh, I guess i got to think of something to pray for. It's like, now what do you do? I've never done this before. I wasn't raised like that. My Roman Catholic background didn't have any of that. Right? So I got up there and out of my mouth came the words, uh, I want, because I had seen these guys dancing and shouting and hooping and hollering and, and when we walked in the building. And it was like, wow. You know, it was like weird. Like, I never saw that before. Not in a church. I'd seen that in other, other places, but not in church. Right? 
in, in the club and stuff. And so I said, well, and out of my mouth came these words. I want what those guys have over there that were. I don't know why I said that. So that guy put that oil on his finger and he put his hand on my head. And I woke up on the floor speaking in tongues. Wasn't expecting that, you know. (laughs) But before you clap, I went right back out in the world for nine years with the Holy Ghost. Didn't know what I had until God directed me into the military and ended up getting orders to, to a place called Okinawa, Japan. Walked into a United Pentecostal church and the rest is history. And He was directing my life. He handpicked me. And he wasn't going to let me go if he could just get me just, just a little bit, you know, just, just a little draw. Just keep me, keep me hungry. Keep me coming. And so in that nine years, I kept trying. I kept searching. and didn't, I didn't know what, what, what was going on. I'd go in and out of all kinds of different churches. Just trying to find my way. Still doing all some of the stuff I was doing, but, but God knew what he was doing. He took me step by step. And none of this was in my notes. I have no idea where I'm going to go now. From the beginning of this book that we read, this book called the Bible, God has handpicked every person that he's ever used. Up to and including Adam. Adam was handpicked. Think about it. God created every in, everything on this earth by what? Speaking it into existence, Right? But he took the dust of the earth that he spoke into. He took his spoken creation and and formed it into clay, right? This old clay pot that we have. He formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into him the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And he said, he told him, go forth and multiply and populate the earth. He was handpicked. Out of all of God's creation, we were handpicked to do this as man. Right? And so from the very beginning, God's plan has always been about using the human element to fulfill his purpose and will in the earth. Right? How many believes that? We wouldn't be here if it had been for a pastor coming to this church. I believe it was the man that just passed away in Madison. I'm not sure who came before him, but didn't Brother uh, Brother Roy's dad, one of the pastors that came here, somebody had to, to feel a call of God to come to a city and go and had to to feel it enough pack their bags and baggage and move their stuff or whatever and move to a place that they'd never been to before to try to win people they didn't know, that didn't talk like them or whatever. And God handpicked that person to do that, but they had to be willing to do it. To, do, to go against everything that in them that told them to stay where you are in your comfort zone and do that. And God's been doing that from the beginning of time until now. He specifically selected Abraham to be the father of his chosen people. He told him he'd be the father of many nations, right? He handpicked Abraham. 
His, Abraham's dad was making idols. And he told him, take your wife and your family and pack your stuff and leave. And just start walking. And I'll tell you when to stop. And one of our PI instructors was pointing out on a map yesterday how far he went on the first trip. And it wasn't just like walking from here to downtown La Crosse. It was a long way. I don't even know how many hundreds of miles it was. And he was walking. He didn't catch a train or a bus. He didn't get in his car and his SUV. He didn't even have a wagon. He just walked. But he was chosen of God. And he had to trust God. Noah was handpicked along with his family to build an ark to survive a flood and to replenish the earth with people. In addition to that, he was asked to go ahead and preach while he was doing all that to, no, to people that wouldn't listen to him. Think about the, Jeremiah, the prophet. God called him to be a prophet to preach to a people that he never won one soul in his 30 years of ministry. Jeremiah. Can you imagine that? I want you to be a preacher, but you're never going to win anybody. But I still want you to say what I want you to say. What I tell you to say, you say it, and they're not going to listen, but I still want you to do it anyway. Talk about walking by faith, knowing that you've been handpicked by God. In God's infinite plan, David was handpicked over all of his brothers and every man that was in the world at that time to be king over Israel. He was handpicked. You're not expecting that when you're just the youngest son of a family of 12 boys and you're just out there taking care of the sheep. You're not expecting that. And that prophet came and bypassed all of his brothers until he got to him. And he anointed him to be king over the greatest nation that there ever was. Joseph was handpicked to be the one Hebrew that God would use to feed an entire world after a seven-year famine. God knew what he was going to do before he did it. And he knew who to handpick to be the one to do it. And Joseph was that one. Right? Esther was chosen and handpicked, if you will, to be the queen of a pagan king solely for the purpose of delivering God's chosen people from destruction and from a wicked man named Haman. She was chosen. She was handpicked by God out of all the Hebrew women that, that in that time that had to go and be forced to go to that king and, and suffer through all the pagan things that they had to go through. She was handpicked. She was handpicked. Moses was handpicked to deliver Israel out of 400 years of bondage in Egypt before he ever knew what was going on in his life. As a little baby, he was handpicked. When, when some king, some pharaoh was killing all the little babies, somehow, somehow Moses was spared. Because why? He was handpicked. Every one of these heroes of faith were handpicked and mightily used of God for God's purpose, for God's will, God's plan, and for his good pleasure. Right? They were all handpicked. There was a few things, though, that were in common about each one of these people. You probably, some of you, have been probably thinking about these things as, as I've been talking. They were every one of them, without fail, every single one of them was severely tried and tested as a part of the process 
of being handpicked and chosen to fulfill God's will. Think about it. Think about it. Abraham was sent out in the desert with no family and no, no guarantee of anything. And he had to trust a God that he could not see. And he had to trust that he wasn't losing his mind and hearing voices. Right? Talk about faith to walk hundreds of miles for a God you can't see. He didn't, he didn't have a book to go by. He didn't have the testimonies of other people that had served God and, and trusted this God. He was, he was sent out there just blind faith. And he did it. Talk about faith. Talk about a trial. You know, he, he made the mistake of taking his nephew with him, which caused all kinds of problems. He had to go deliver him out of the hands of the enemy. And, and, and all that went down with Sodom and Gomorrah. So it wasn't just a nice, comfortable, easy road that Abraham went down. But he was chosen of God. He was, we all agreed just a minute ago that he was handpicked by God, Right? Noah was told to build a boat and to preach the soon destruction of the Lord by the flood for which he was mocked repeatedly for I don't know how long it took. It took him a hundred years, I think, or something like that to build the ark. And he was told to preach about a flood and, and people were like, flood? What's that? We live on a mountain. Rain? What's that? You're crazy, Noah. And who knows? Probably his sons and daughters-in-law probably thought the same thing sometimes. Here he was sent out there and he had to endure all this and remain faithful to the plan of God to to listen to the God that had chosen him and selected him. I mean, I'm sure maybe Noah might have a few times might have said, why me? Why'd you pick me, God? Anybody ever felt that way? Why me? Why am I going through this? Why, Why do I have to go through this? I'm sure they, as humans, they felt that way doesn't say it but we're human we all do that from time to time why god why sometimes he answers us sometimes he doesn't i asked him that recently what he said he said be faithful and he said trust me i know what i'm doing and that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> that's not what I wanted to hear. But that's what I needed to hear. And what did I say? Okay. Praise God. If that's what you're telling me to do, if that's good enough for these guys, that's good enough for me. David ran for his, ran for his life. After killing Goliath, you think that, I mean, he would have been a national hero. But what did he do for almost 20 years? He ran, literally ran for his life from the king that God had chosen, Saul, wicked Saul. Because of Saul's jealousy, all he wanted to do was kill the one that God had selected to be the king. So in order for him to be king, he had to run and hide in caves and run for his life and and dodge swords and spears and all kinds of stuff. But he was chosen and handpicked by God. 
And I'm sure that if you read the Old Testament, David probably wondered sometimes, what? I thought you said I was going to be king. What is this? Why am I going through this? It was all for God's plan and God's purpose and God's will. See, Joseph was sold. Not only was he sold into slavery, he was sold into slavery by his own brothers. Your own family does that to you. That's pretty bad. And then they went and lied to their dad and said, oh, he was killed by a wild beast. At least make his dad think he was dead. And this was after he had all these dreams and all these visions and all these things and that he didn't understand. He was trying to get somebody to at least go, yeah, those are cool dreams, but all they wanted to do was just get rid of him. Little did he know that he had been handpicked by God to go through all these trials and all these tests to prepare his character so that when he was handed the role of leadership that that Pharaoh gave him, he would handle it. Because God knew that his brothers were going to end up back in front of him, doing exactly what he said in the dreams that they would do. They would bow to him, just like the sheaves of wheat bowed to him. And then the understanding came. But God in that prison, when he was accused of rape, of something he didn't do, and sent to prison to rot, God worked on his character. And we, we are going to go through some stuff because we're handpicked by God. And he's going to work on our character. And we're going to question it. Why am I going through this? Why, do, why is God allowing me to go through this physical ailment or whatever it is? And we'll try to pray our way out of it. We'll try to bind in Jesus' name this thing. When in actuality, it might have been put there for a reason. And he's not going to get rid of it. Sometimes he takes us around stuff, but sometimes he takes us through the storm. You have to go through some storms. If you don't go, if, if, a, if a vessel that's made to, to, to travel out in the open ocean isn't tried and make sure that it's going to endure the storm, who would trust getting on that thing? I want to know that it's going to make it. Right? So he's going to try us. He, he tried Joseph. Because he was preparing him for something really great. And who got the glory out of that? God did. And not only for the Hebrew people, not only was he saving his own people, but he was showing the heathens how great this God is. And he wants to do that in our lives today. Esther was forced to go through heathen bathings and all these things that she had to go through so that she could be married to a heathen king that that served idols as a good Hebrew girl. Not only had she lost her parents and was being raised by her uncle, but now she's going through all this. And at one point, we know the story. What What does her uncle say to her? How do you know if you haven't come to this place at this time for such a time as this to save the people of Israel just because you're there. God knows where to put people, doesn't he? 
He'll specifically handpick you and He'll place you in a place and you won't understand why. You won't, you won't even like it. You'll be wishing He'd send you back wherever you came from. He'll say, nope, I put you there for a reason. Right? Peter, the Apostle Peter, who was a fisherman, who when Jesus said, what did he say when he walked up to those guys that day? Leave your nets. Follow me. Turned around and walked away. Left them up. Let, let them decide if they were going to listen or not. And something, about, something about this guy that just said that made them just want to drop their nets and do what he said. Right? Because what did Peter later on say? Where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where would we go? Because Jesus said, all the others have left. What about you guys? He was testing them. And this guy, Peter, this impetuous guy who would just fly off the handle, who said, oh, I'll never deny you. I'll never turn from you. I'll stay with you till the end. I'll even die with you. And Jesus said, nope. (laughs) Before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me twice. You'll deny me three times. I'll never do that. Never say never. Don't ever tell God what you'll never do. Right? Trust me, I know. I said I'd never join the military when I was 20. And at 23, I was standing at that recruiter's door going, I can't believe I'm standing here getting ready to walk in this door and do this. Because I said to myself one day, I'd never do this. But there I was. And I didn't turn around and walk away. I walked through the door and did it. (laughs) And it was the best thing I ever did in my life. And God knew that. He knew I needed that. I think he knew I needed that because on somewhere in Ohio, there was a young lady that was graduating from college that couldn't find a job doing anything, and her brother was in the Marine Corps, and she said, I'm not going in the Marine Corps because my brother's in there, so I'll join the Army. And guess who ended up in Augusta, Georgia, going through the same training that I was going through? Yes, my wife. That was 34 years ago. So God knew what he was doing. He knew. He handpicked me. And so this guy, Peter, after, even after Jesus says, you're going to deny me, oh, I'll never do that. What does he do? He did all three times. That would have been enough for me to say, wait a minute. This is time number two. I better, now I'm not doing it three times, but he did. And even after all of that, he still got to be the one to preach on the day of Pentecost. God said, you can mess up. That's okay. I'm not done with you. That's what he said. So you might be asking yourself, why is all this important? Why are you talking about this stuff, Brother Demuth? Who cares about all this stuff? You should. Because I'm going to tell you right now, 
if you're sitting within the sound of my voice, God's handpicked you. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not. How many remembers what Brother Mahoney preached when he was here? We have an appointment. We have a destiny. You're going to meet your maker. I don't care if you want to or not. You're still going to meet your maker. You're still going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You're still going to stand before the white throne judgment. You're still going to have to answer for your life. You're not getting out of it. So knowing that, having that knowledge, why would you not want to go ahead and get in, get in on the right side of things? As they say, you want to play now, you're going to pay later. You want to pay now, you can play later. Right? I want to pay now. I want to give my life to him now. I want to lay aside all the stuff I want to see what it is that he wants me to do. Because he handpicked me. He let me have the privilege and the opportunity to stand in a church service somewhere and make a choice and say, I'm going to do this. I've done that for, for 30 years. I've lived that way for 30 years. I'm done with that. Because all that has brought me is pain, sorrow, trouble, and all those other things. But I've got an opportunity to turn my life in another direction. Right. And my wife and I did that, and it was the best decision I ever made. And I... I wouldn't have told you back then that God handpicked me, but I'm telling you now. He has handpicked every single one of you in this building. And every single one of, of us in our family that's somewhere else today. He's, he's got people out there he's handpicked. They're just not here. But you're here. And it's because somebody prayed... For my soul that I ended up in the house of God in the first place. So he needs us. Somebody out there that's handpicked to do something for God that only they can do. They need us to pray. How many knows of somebody in your family that literally you feel like they were prayed into church? Some, some of us can, can look back and I've heard testimonies of people saying it was because of my great aunt that just prayed for me constantly. I'd, have, I'd hear her calling my name all the time and they, they were out there doing whatever it was they were doing. But one day they, God remembered the prayer of that great aunt. And he said, I still have that person handpicked if they're ready to come. Opportunity is yours today. You're handpicked. And you might say, well, I've made a lot of mistakes. Join the club. We all have. Every one of these people, that I, uh, these heroes of faith that we talked about, every one of them made mistakes. They're human. God knows that. He made them. You're going to make mistakes like Peter did. You're going to mess up. And the enemy's going to turn around and use that against you if you let him. But you have to turn around and point your finger in the enemy's face and say, sorry, God forgives me. I, got, I plead the blood over that, and he's handpicked me, and you shut up, you liar. Because that's all he is, and all he'll ever be is a liar. And if you hear things in your mind that are destructive sounding to you, you can know for sure that's not from God. That's from the enemy. Because God's not going to tell you anything that's going to destroy you. He wants to build you up and, you, and let you be that vessel for him. 
We've got pastors in this district. We, we went to Purpose Institute classes yesterday in Eau Claire. We've got pastors in this district that, that weren't even raised in church. They were out there doing stuff like I was talking about. They were out there in the world doing stuff. Some of them have marks on their bodies to prove it. You don't know it because they keep it covered up. But there were people out there that were handpicked by God, but they made a choice to live their life a different way. But one day, something happened. God worked it out. And they, they made a turn, and they made a decision, and they said, you know what? I'm tired of that. I'm handpicked by God. And those, are men, those men are pastoring churches in our district today and all over this world like that. We have missionaries in foreign countries that I personally know that, that weren't raised in church, that were living lives for the devil, literally. But here they are as missionaries today because they realized one day that they had an opportunity to choose to follow God, the God that had handpicked them. And every single one of those people has been through similar trials to these people that we've talked about. And every one of us that are handpicked have been through some things and are going to go through some things. But God is in it. God is in it. He's handpicked us today. And so on that day of Pentecost, when when, when those people that were filled with the Holy Ghost came spilling out of that room, And all those people from all those other nations heard them speaking in other languages. They didn't realize it, but God was handpicking every one of them that day. He was. The Bible said there was a multitude. I don't know how many a multitude is, but only 3,000 were added to the church that day. There had to be way more than 3,000 because they were in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. So every Jew from everywhere came there from all different nations. All different language groups. See, you can be an apostolic and speak no English because you're Japanese or you're German or whatever. Right? But God God chose those 3,000 people that day. And they made a choice to say, I'm in. I want to be handpicked. I acknowledge it. And Here we are today because of those 3,000 people, because of those roughly 120 people or so in that upper room that were obedient to God, that said, I'm handpicked. I don't care if I lose my job. I'm not leaving this place until the promise of the Father comes down. So here we are today in this place. God's handpicked us today. You know, there's a scripture in the, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18, verse 1 through 4, that says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there will I cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Aren't we just like that today? We're just clay. We're just old clay pots. We are formed from the dust of the ground. You know, when in the church that I grew up in, they would have funerals, and the, the preacher and 
And there was this one thing that we did called Ash Wednesday, and they would put these ashes on your head, and the the priest would say, Remember, man, that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Isn't that true? That's really true. We are going to return to dust, to dirt. Right? As our bodies decompose in 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 the grave, we're going to return to that dust from whence we came. And not only was this this brought out in, in the Old Testament, but in the book of Romans, chapter 9, verse 17, it says, For the Scripture saith, he's referring back to Scripture, right? Unto Pharaoh, even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power unto thee, that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. You mean to tell me, wait a minute, God handpicked people like evil Pharaohs? He sure did. There was this there was this wicked king called Cyrus during the time of Daniel. He he served pagan gods. Did God handpick Cyrus for a purpose and a reason for his use? He sure did. He used a wicked king that, that served idols to give God's people favor in that day. So God can even handpick people that are evil for his good. So not only does he pick us but he even handpicks the situations and circumstances in our life he picked nebuchadnezzar to take the people of israel into bondage he used him as his own servant he put it in his heart and mind to go do it he was a tool in the hand of god so you can be handpicked of god for evil or for good right because it's god's business not ours. We don't understand his ways. And that scripture goes on to say, Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he will, he hardeneth. Thou shalt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou thus made me? Think about that. We're the clay, he's the potter. Are we going to look up at the potter and say, why have you made me this way? No. The clay doesn't talk. It just sits there on the wheel. Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? God wants to make us a vessel of honor today. He's handpicked us. Let's stand in this place today. Father, you've handpicked every one of us in this place today, Lord. And we're so thankful that you've handpicked us, Lord. And we know that that means that as a handpicked vessel, just like Joseph, we're going to go through some trials and some tests. Just like Abraham, we're going to go through some things. Just like Noah did. Just like Esther did. We're going to go through some things, God. But God, we want you to use us as that vessel, Lord. I thank you. We're speaking to the people of God today in this place. Lord, that you would have your way. Lord.